This is the intro song for my asshole brain. <laughs> Welcome to episode 17 of My Asshole Brain, and we're going to be talking about toxic positivity today. And before I launch into that, I just want to um, briefly touch on a couple things before we get into the topic. One, um, thanks to everyone who has listened up to this point, and I hope that those of you who were listened before are back again, even after we took a hiatus. I'm going to say, if you're listening to it and you've never listened before, welcome. <laughs> Hello and welcome. If you've begrudgingly come back, thank you. Thank you, yeah. Especially to those of you who are not listening out of sense of obligation because you're related to us or you're just really good friends. Although I have to be honest. However, we're totally fine with that. We'll take what we can get. We'll, yeah, we'll take pity listens. <laughs> I mean, we're not above that. But honestly, I don't think... I think only one of my family members listens, and I think it's my stepmom. I don't think any anyone else does. I think the only family member I know for sure that is listening is my cousin Jane. Hi, Jane! Who lives in Maryland and that I haven't seen in, like, ten plus years. Well, that's awesome. So, yeah, so... so you know, I'm sure that some people maybe listened in the my start. Mother, my mother, that. in theory, said she wants to listen, but... She's also kind of said, like, I don't really care that much. I'm like, that's, that's fair. My stuff's to be fair, she listens to me talk all the fucking time. Right. I want to want to listen to me in a recording also. <laughs> my stepsister, she's like, well, I think it's really awesome. But she's like, I just don't have, I'm just never ever sitting anywhere. She's like, I think it's because they're kind of long. And I'm just never sitting anywhere for a full hour to listen to it. And I'm like, like you don't have to sit the whole time. <laughs> you don't have, have to move. You can also stop it and come back to it. So you could listen to part of it while you're on the way to work and part of the way home. But I'm like, you know what? If you're just not into listening, if you're not that don't do that's it. The thing. I can understand like people that are into podcasts, it works for them. Yeah. Like like our friend Stephanie, like yeah. she's in her car a lot for her job, so it makes sense for her to listen right. to news and podcasts and yeah. things like that. For people that and I you know, I have friends that drive, they listen to podcasts, they listen to books on tape and stuff. Yeah. If that's a thing that works for you and you're into them anyway, that's great. Some people just aren't into them whether they have time for yeah. it or not well, you know so even fair. even though they may care about us they don't care enough to listen. Exactly. <laughs> no i get it it's it's their thing you know it's or it's not their thing no 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 don't don't let them out of it oh i, I shouldn't i should they're bad people and they should feel bad but they're not listening so they won't maybe someone, <laughs> maybe someone will tell them. yeah maybe you guys should tell them so we're just going to do this really on the next <laughs> episode we're going to list all of the people that we're pretty sure aren't listening let them know we've called them out. So the three of you who are and know these people, let them know. Bring a notepad. Take notes. Yeah, but I know, yes. So shout out to Stephanie. I know you listen. Shout out to also Kendra. I know she listens so she okay? too. Yeah, she said it actually sometimes helps her get through work when she's bored. So like I thought that was pretty awesome. It's horrifying that my voice partially helps somebody get through a day. My God. Well, Stephanie really likes your voice. I know, which is weird. <laughs> She told me that, and I was like, ugh. What the fuck is wrong yeah. with you? <laughs> She's like, I don't mean to be creepy, and I was like, well, too late. Well, just don't, you know, like, it's, okay, it's okay to say you like it, but there's a point at which it's like, I don't need to know how it makes you feel. Yeah, right. That's when it's creepy, I, I think. Keep talking. <laughs> maybe we should maybe, maybe we should turn into, like, an ASMR podcast where we still talk about the same things, but we do it, like, <laughs> scratching or we whisper it. <laughs> Uh, so if nothing else, we're amusing ourselves, and that's all that really fucking matters. I mean, honestly, that's pretty much why I started this. I'm not expecting to get famous. It's not, like, going to be a My Favorite Murder scenario, um, who was one of the first podcasts. i to be honest, I hope not, because they're doing tours and meeting people. They that wrote, sounds They wrote a fucking book. They wrote a book. <sighs> so, yeah, um, I think it's amazing that there are some people. There's another podcast I listen to that's out of England where um, it's two young friends talking and I, re- I really like podcasts that center around people who are already friends just kind of talking about stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, they've gained some popularity from it. And uh, it's called Red Handed, if I didn't already say that, for anybody who likes to listen to true crime. And um, it's really kind of heartwarming to hear them get surprised and happy oh. when stuff like that happens. And I'm like, that's really cool. And they have, like, people are donating money to them. So one of them is almost at the point where they're making enough money that off the podcast that she can quit her job and do it full time. And I'm like, if anyone would like to donate money to us, my PayPal is stephanie.coons at gmail.com. I also have Cash App. 
You can Venmo us. At a... <laughs> I don't have Venmo. Let me work on that one. <laughs> <laughs> you can, like, do Apple Pay, too. You know, I have that. So. Google Pay. And that's not an expectation. I mean, I started this because... this for me now. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have put that out there. It's not like I think we're going to become famous that we're going to have such a following that we'll be able to make a living <laughs> off this. But it would be nice if we had, like, a larger group of people to listen to. Um, although with larger groups comes more scrutiny. So, actually, maybe we should be really content with the small <laughs> that we I have I don't now. care. I don't really care what anybody thinks about me anymore at this point, which is super awesome. So It's very free. Scrutiny is fine. Which is why I'm happy I'll to... Go fuck yourself. I'm, I don't care. I'm happy to let you handle the social media because right. I would go in and it would stress me the fuck out if anybody said anything. So. Like, oh God, this was the wrong thing to do. Yes. Although I have, I was just discussing with Stephanie that I do, we've not done very good at all at responding to comments and that's something that I would like to try to do a little bit more is respond to things that people have asked or commented on. Um, my stepmom had said something after the last episode about, because I was talking about how frugal I am and I spend like 15 bucks on purpose, on purses and yeah. She said now she knows who not to leave her coach collection to. And I would just... That's not what I meant. <laughs> Here's the thing. You can just leave me one, and that's just the one I'll leave, <laughs> for, you know, right. use for the rest of my life. So, yeah, I don't need the whole collection, but I hear that shit lasts forever. So, yeah, I mean, one would do me till I die. <laughs> kind of, yeah. That'd be my thinking. <laughs> yeah, so that's fine. Um, so, for, again, those of you who are returning after our hiatus, thanks for sticking it out and still being here. Um, I occasionally go back and listen to previous ones and I'll be like, oh my God, why did you not edit that out? Or you just spent, as in the last episode about money, 10 minutes talking about fucking TJ Maxx as though it's some <laughs> big revel- revelation that other people don't know about it and I had to share it with the world. And I'm not getting paid to do it. So, um, I mean, I still stand by getting soft towels at TJ Maxx for a fair price, but <laughs> maybe shouldn't have talked about it as long as I did. And also, uh, I thought it was really interesting. I texted Stephanie about a week or so ago when we were talking about corruption and power. I mentioned Jeffrey Epstein briefly, said yeah. we could do an entire episode on that. So, and uh, lo and behold. Ta-da. So if any of you think that we don't discuss things that are topical, we do. Yeah. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> but, but still listen, and we love you. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so it was a nice go fuck yourself. But the I thought that was really interesting in the timing of that with yeah. that episode and that brief mention of him and then all of a sudden all this stuff is really coming Ooh. to a head. Yeah. Um, I'm still waiting for the names to come out and there was some quote from someone saying that like uh, I can't remember what it was exactly but basically we're going to be losing some heroes and I'm like well, I don't know about that I don't know it's how many one of those, actual heroes. Yeah, I'm say it's another one of those fun things as you get older. Your your expectations and hopes for people uh, dwindle a lot, and you're kind of like, oh, I had so much hope, and then this person turned out to be shitty. Yeah. And so you kind of stop. Like when all the Louis C.K. stuff happened a couple years ago, yeah. and I was like, oh. When the, the rise of the Me Too movement, you yeah, know, a lot of names like, started coming. I always thought you were decent, and it turns out you're disgusting, you're too. kind of a perv. Yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, I'm a pervert, too, but I like to think I do it in a consensual form, as opposed to, you know, the creepy jerking it in a corner thing right which is a big difference consent is important consensual creepiness versus non-consensual right creepiness. exactly so yeah so as long as like like i think there are still people whose names would come out that would be devastating like if you found out like mr rogers had a deep dark past i think why why would you even do that but i don't think that's gonna happen i mean he's been dead for quite some time so if anyone was gonna dig up anything on him i think it would have happened like tom hanks is still pretty much has an impeccable reputation i feel like if tom hanks came out in one of those things i really wouldn't be surprised really like and i know everybody who hears me would hear me say that would be (gasps) because you think he's so nice that he's got to have some yeah he's kind of one of those ones that'd be like yeah Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I still think he's probably a pretty pure I, person. I actually really do, too. But so. who knows? Who knows? Or like if, like, out. The Rock. Like, if something came out about The Rock, I might be a little devastated because he's kind of awesome. Yeah, he seems and like a really wholesome person. And has shown himself to be, person. yeah, decent guy. So it'd be like, ah. Yeah, I would be really sad if something like Paul Rudd, because he's another person, he's another actor. I really notice we're all listing actors because we actually don't admire politicians, and those are the ones that are largely being named. If we're going with politicians, if something came up about Cory Booker, I would probably, I would probably, yeah. Oh, he's dating Rosaria Dawson, which I, I think is really cool. I was like, I was kind of on board with that anyway, and then I was like, Rosario Dawson could be the next first lady. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Yes. <laughs> 
I could get on board with that. Like anybody who's been in a Clerks movie being in the White House is kind of... Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Would they have Jay... Oh, I wonder if Jay and Silent Bob would be part of their cabinet. <laughs> you so know they'd excited at least be, right now. They'd be invited to like certain balls and shit, like the inauguration. Like, they'd make them part of like ATF or DEA. I think that might the, not be the best for the, way. <laughs> for helping for uh, legalizing marijuana. When the foxes watch the hen hills. Yeah. Um, so I guess we should probably yeah, get to the topic. So thanks. Welcome back. Tell people about us. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. I, we have a Twitter. We just haven't actually done anything with it. So yeah. Um, thanks. And uh, like I said, we're going to talk about toxic positivity. And the first time I ever heard this phrase was after I had been in a situation where I and a couple other people were having some frustrations and discussing this. And there was a fourth person who had overheard many of these conversations and would often kind of sigh or um, avoid the conversations. But it, during one of them, he was invited into it. And not by me, I'd like to point that out. And. Um, when we were kind of discussing the frustration with how something was being handled because I and the other person who were first talking about it had a lot of experience with this type of situation. And we're like, well, this is not how it's really done. Right. And this third person's response, the one who had always kind of stayed removed for it and appeared to be uh, annoyed by or beleaguered with our negative conversations in the past, which again, I think he saw them as negative. We saw them as legitimate concerns and complaints. And Perception. Exactly. And so when he was talking about it, he was like, well, I would just like to see this as an opportunity to this or that. Like, I just think it's really important to be positive. And that kind of becomes like a standard response and stuff. And I was really annoyed by it that I was saying, there's this thing that's happening and it's not really standard protocol. And I'm not sure I think it's really fair. Or at the very least, I'm not really, I think it's kind of not fully justified. Right. And he started basically lecturing us on how he was going to make good use of that time. And he was going to be doing this, that, or another thing. And um, I remember being kind of annoyed with it, and I couldn't really figure out why. Because he wasn't being shitty. He wasn't really criticizing us. He was just telling us what he was going to do. And it was after some time and some discussion with a couple other people who'd had similar conversations with him that I realized that to me, it felt very dismissive and condescending because what he was basically saying was that we were just being negative for no good reason. Yeah. If we would just change our perception. We you were see, choosing to be upset by a thing. Right. Which means the thing itself isn't upsetting. You're choosing to be upset right. by it. and Which that, is also a little bit like uh, emotion policing, for lack of a better... Yeah. Because, you know, like... Well, I don't think you're choosing the right emotion to have about right. this thing. Like, you shouldn't be sad about this thing. It's not a sad thing. You shouldn't be angry about this thing. It's right. It's 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 belittling the thing that you think is a problem by telling you, oh no, it's not. And so essentially saying you're overreacting or you're reacting wrongly. And it's not someone else's job to tell you how to feel about things. Exactly. I'm gonna say they can disagree with how you're handling it, but it's still not okay to invalidate. Like emotions are a thing. Right. And even if your emotions are irrational or however you want to word it that doesn't change the fact that they're yours and other people aren't supposed to right. validate them right and there's certainly a point at which your behavior based on those emotions can be inappropriate right. and i totally understand that and i know it can be hard when you have one perspective on things to hear people kind of complaining and i've also been in similar situations where other people are complaining about stuff and i'm like they just need to get the fuck over it like i think that they're complaining about stuff that isn't valid or I think that they're being unfair or I think yeah. they're being selfish. So I understand when you have a different perspective on a situation or you have different experiences that when you're listening to somebody complain, then you can kind of feel like, ugh, they're just being whiny and shitty. Right. So I understand. I think that's where he thought it was coming from. But then I realized that this was pretty much his constant response to everything. And that's when it becomes cemented as a problem. And that's when I looked up toxic positivity I didn't look up that term but I'm like I, I had an idea of what the problem was and I think it was like negative positivity or like I started doing searches I'm like there's right. got to be a name for this and boom it popped up toxic positivity positive assholes yeah and and uh there's a video by a woman named Dr. Allison if anybody wants to go watch it I didn't read the video I or read the video I was gonna say <laughs> go on well you know if it had subtitles I could have uh, I didn't Usually watch I, did. I didn't watch the video I actually read the article because it's easy 
with a video, you have to watch it at the pace it goes, whereas with something I'm reading, I can skim it and go right. at the pace I want. So if anybody wants to watch the video because you don't like reading, there is one. Um, but she gave some examples of what toxic positivity is. And I'm sure you have heard these before. And in their, a certain context, you're, you're not going to understand what's wrong with them. So I'm here to tell you what's wrong with them. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, some of the phrases that she mentions are good vibes only. Everything happens for a reason. It'll be okay. Happiness is a choice. Uh, just think positive. And if you put good stuff out there, good stuff comes back. So not true on that last one. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. Uh, yes. You can be a good person who does good things and still have the world shit on you. Um, so one of the things that she says about uh, these seemingly positive and supportive phrases is that they're dismissive and shaming and they're minimizing of life's real and genuine pain, depending on the context, of course. Now, um, there's another definition of toxic positivity from a woman named Kristen Noreen. I'm gonna, I'm using a lot of quotes in this one, which is why I want to give credit where credit is due. And I'm gonna even put the links in the description of the post on on Podbean, so that if anyone's interested in reading more about this stuff or knowing where I got my research, they can go there, because I teach my students about plagiarism all the time, and I want to make sure that I'm giving credit where credit is. Due. I was about to say, this is how you know she's an English teacher. Exactly. She's actually making sure she's not plagiarizing, whereas other people be like. Yeah. I read this thing from this person, and there's the whatever. Someone on the internet had this idea, but now it's mine. Right. So I, I definitely want to give credit to people who have said things in a way that is better than I could have phrased it. They word good. Yes. Me not. Talk good. <laughs> Positivity becomes toxic when it fails to process the legitimate underlying emotions judged to be negative. Negative feelings are ignored and repressed. Emotions are complex, though, and using mindless positivity to shove negative feelings aside will lock you into a zero-growth pattern. Grief is real. Regret is real. Even shame. And it's interesting she mentioned shame because that's what we're going to talk about in our next podcast. Those emotions are our teachers, and mindlessly positive people are cutting class. Ooh. Burn! <laughs> So you can't grow if you don't experience negative emotions. And if you are responding to other people who are experiencing negative emotions and tell them that they could change their lives just by thinking more positively, that's simply not true. Or is it helpful? Sorry to hear about all this horrible shit that's been happening to you. Have you thought about just smiling more? Right. And I've, I've heard other people bitch about that too. Cause, and the reason I think this is interesting is because, you know, we have memes and you have a lot of people who are really forcing this idea of positive lives down our throats. And I have no problem whatsoever with taking a positive view because it has been proven to be helpful. There is a certain extent to which thinking positively can help you so like if you wallow in something sometimes it can help you process but if you stay if you ruminate we've talked about rumination yeah. before that's when it can get harmful like moderate i feel like everything we talk about in some way can just be like moderation yes like don't be an asshole it's just always only like only good things happen i'm in a positive space yeah. nobody talk about anything bad nobody think about yeah. anything bad but also don't also be like only bad things happen everything's right like, like a debbie downer just, yeah there's <laughs> Everything, there's kind of a, I'm very much one of these people, like, usually I'm like, there's a gray area. Yeah. I feel that way about everything. Like, and all of one thing is never good in any situation. Yeah, and there's actually one of the quotes, and I'm trying to see if I can find it in here. Um, but that's exactly what that person says, is it's about balance. Everything in life is about balance. You're going to have bad feelings, and that's okay. Ruminating not great um but also i wish we need to come up like maybe positive polly could be like the sorry paul i don't think she (laughs) listens but we have someone who goes by polly um so we're not trying to denigrate that name but um i was trying to think of something that came with a p because you've got the debbie downer but there's another side of that so you have someone who's always just kind of that like just sucks the life out of everything but then you have the other person who's so like no we have to be happy and upbeat and blah all the time and that feels so artificial to me when as it well. Was, when I was reading through the notes and like looking at things before we did the recording, it reminded me, and I don't think she listens to this, so I'm not overly concerned. <laughs> um, one of, a friend of my mom's got very much to a point where like when she would talk to my mom on the phone, she 
basically had kind of got to a point where anytime she talked to her, she would say, I don't want to hear about that or I don't want to talk about that. That's negative. And mm. she got very, and my it kind of turned my mom off to some degree because my mom's life tends to be kind of static. Mm-hmm. And for a long chunk of time, there wasn't anything real great going on. So you could judge that just by merely her saying, you know, how are you? How have things been going? And my mother answering that question, she would often find just my mother's answering that question to be negative because mm-hmm. my mom didn't have anything overly glorious to talk about. Not yeah. that her friend necessarily did either, but she didn't have anything. Nothing that was going on was anything bad or negative. So that wasn't an issue for her, but she didn't want to hear it coming from someone else. Yeah, And it almost turned into this... I don't want to talk to you unless everything you have to say is either super positive or is just sort of middle of the road. It's kind of bland, but yeah. not, not bad. And that's not how life works yeah. a lot of the time. And even if it, it part of having a friend and a confidant and someone you talk to is talking to them about everything, including, yeah. and yeah, I can see it. If the only things you ever talk about are shitty, 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 that could be a lot. We've talked about compassion fatigue and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But still, basically putting a, uh, what's the word I want? A stipulation on your conversation and your friendship by, I only want to hear good stuff. Yeah. That's not realistic. Is I mean, not only is it assholeish kind of, but it's not realistic. It's not a genuine friendship then, too, right. because you're asking the other person to edit themselves at all times and right. to not share anything that you don't want to have to hear. Well, it's also, you know, what do you do when something legitimately devastating happens? You have a death or some kind of a crisis. <clears throat> yeah. You, know, you don't feel like you can, it? yeah, you feel like you can't bring that up with that person. And then on the flip side, what happens when that person has a legitimate trauma or crisis or something wrong? They're how not going to How do you not feel a little bit shitty by thinking, like, why are you allowed to talk about your shit, but I'm not allowed to talk about mine? Well, know? that's a double standard, yeah, yeah. So, of course, that's very unfair, and that would cause somebody to... I wouldn't want to be in a friendship like that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there have been times when I was going through some pretty shitty situations, and I feel like all I'm doing is kind of dumping on the people around me. There was some pretty stressful stuff going on a month or so ago, which is kind of one of the reasons why we took a break, because there was a lot happening... And um, basically, Amanda was going to be super negative on the podcast, and I didn't want you all to have to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke. I'm joking. <laughs> Little Susie Sunshine here had nothing but happy things to say. Yep, that's me. <laughs> super positive. Always happy. So I felt I had made a comment to, I think it was my stepsister I was talking to, and I said, I feel like I'm just dumping on people. And she's like, You're, it's fine. You know, she, she was really supportive of it and was... You know, so it's fine. You can talk to me. It's okay. And and I was very appreciative of that because I felt like I was just sort of kind of circling the drain about certain things. And I noticed there was a couple of times where at one point she was like, yeah, it does suck, but you're just going to have to deal with it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like, oh you're right. <laughs> well, so, and we've also very much as a society and, you know, yes, I'm going to go back to men versus women because I'm a woman and I'm a feminist and that's what we fucking do. Um, if feel like we have very much also taught people women especially to apologize for you know having problems or having issues and needing so yeah or being unpleasant yeah so when you realize that you've had something going on or a multitude of things uh-huh. going on for a period of time and you feel like every time you talk to your, you know a friend or a family member and like at some point halfway through the conversation you hear yourself and you're like oh my god I'm doing this again I yeah. should have to so, yeah, you kind of get to that point where you feel you need to apologize or, oh, well, enough about me. I'm just complaining. Yeah. Talk about you, even yeah. though you need to get it out or something. So it's nice sometimes to have that reassurance that, no, you're not. You're not overburdening yeah. or you're not being obnoxious or I don't think you're just complaining to be right. a booger. Like. And I think had it gone on for a lot longer, she probably would have gotten to the point where she's like, you need to stop. Like, this is not doing you any good. But I think that it had only been such a short period of time that even though I felt like it was the main topic of conversation for a while, but because new things were happening or because I was struggling with it, I think that she was pretty patient with it. But, you know, I have, I'm very bad about not talking about it. If something's bothering me, it's really hard for me to not talk about it. And if somebody, if I'm dealing with shit and somebody asks how are things, 
if I know you even kind of good, I'm probably going to be like, oh, well, so there's this thing, right? And I am such an open book. I, it has to be annoying for people because I am very honest about shit like that. Someone said something to me at work a couple weeks ago about something about like, well, I don't know if you'd want to talk about that or if you know that's kind of like personal for you. And I was like, yeah, you know me. I keep everything <laughs> to myself. Right. No one knows what's going on with me ever. I was like, quick, ask me about my sex life. You all know like. <laughs> I don't understand people who don't talk about everything. Yeah, and I, and there's certain things I I I'm gonna say, and I'm aware there's certain things I shouldn't talk about. But <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a de- as far as right. stuff like you know, like yeah, when something's bothering me or stressed out, I will do everything in my power. Be like, you don't need to talk about everything. You don't need to say anything to someone. And literally, like a day later, someone will be like, so what's going on? And I'll be like, and <laughs> just kind of I'm yeah, and I'm like, I have to say something. Like I can't just. Yeah. It's obvious that things are stressing me out. If I don't say it, it's going to be like, are you okay? Because you're, like, twitching. I can give someone the edited version. And there are certainly certain situations where I know not to say anything. And there are certain people who I won't say anything to. But in other certain circumstances, I'll be like, yeah, oh, yeah, so there's this thing going on, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not always very good at realizing that maybe I shouldn't share everything. But people tend to respond positively to it. And... Usually when I'm talking to people I'm not super close to, I'm joking while I'm discussing it. So I'm not just like, oh my God, it's so awful or crying or anything. It's more like, oh my God, there's this absurd situation and here's what's going on. And joke, 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 try to make me feel better. And Yeah, I'm going to say the things I usually have go wrong that, you know, when I tell it, I'm like, oh, this is going to be fucking funny if nothing else. And I think that was when you were texting me about that one (laughs) situation. Recently. Yes, where I uh, yeah. flooded a downstairs neighbor's yeah. bathroom. Yeah. Everybody I told that story to, like, I was actually very appreciative of one friend at work because I was like, she will find this absolutely hilarious and she will laugh the entire time. <laughs> and everybody else I told was kind of like, oh, no, but didn't find the humor in it as much as I was expecting. I was so proud of her because she was laughing from the minute I told her and she was like, I love your stories. Uh, I actually, <laughs> and I was like, thank you. If it makes you feel better, I did laugh when I was telling it to Steve. But I didn't. Well, you also texted it to me, yeah. so we weren't face to face. But I was like, "Oh my god!" And so I was like laughing while I was reading it. Yeah. So I did, but I was trying to be supportive. But that is also something that can be difficult with knowing when it's toxic positivity and when it's just being supportive. And right. so sometimes we just don't know what to say to people. So like the whole everything happens for a reason. That can be a person's version of. Maybe something good will come of this, or maybe you can learn a a fantastic lesson. And I do think you can learn lessons from everything. Sometimes it's a really shitty, painful lesson. It's good lessons. It's funny you say that everything that just reminded me um, that came up a couple weeks ago. I was at brunch with some friends, and somebody said something about, you know, people saying everything happens for a reason. And I made the comment, there's a comedian I love. um, Her name's Laura Keitlinger, and it's from a stand-up of hers. It's probably like 25 years old at this point. She has this thing when she says, like, people always say everything happens for a reason. And she says, after a while, you say everything happens for a reason. After a while, it starts to sound like anything can happen with a razor. And I don't know why, but to this day, it cracks me up. And anytime anybody says everything happens for a reason, that's the first thing that goes through my head. And I just have to throw that out there because it makes me giggle. And there's truth in that statement. That's also true. Yeah. Anything could happen. And... My mother said everything happens for a reason to me once a couple years ago. And it's like the only time she's ever said it to me in my life. And we were on the phone and I was like, I'm going to hang up because I don't know what to do with that statement. And I'm yeah. super bothered that you just said it to me. Like I was super agitated. There's a time when you hear that and you're and you just, I can understand why they get mad. So there may have been situations where people have had, they've been going through a hard time and other people have responded to them and they have that response has made them feel bad and they didn't know why because they were like, I know this person's trying to help and I know that on the surface that seems like a really supportive thing to say because we have all these platitudes and cliches that we use. You know, we make these stupid fucking posters of them printed on there with like beautiful scenes in the background or people are posting them all over their Pinterest pages with like blurry pictures of the beach in the background with this fancy curly cube writing that has these live laugh love right and uh, good vibes only like with a beach scene in the background and the thing is like it sounds like it's being helpful but when you've had that said to you and felt bad you may have felt like well god What's wrong with me that this person's trying to be supportive and I'm not feeling better or I'm actually feeling kind of worse? And it's because 
depending on the statement, sometimes it can actually feel a little bit like victim blaming. I was about like to say, the thing, it comes off as patronizing on yes. occasion. Like, well, I don't understand why you're upset, or I don't understand why you're struggling so much. Everything happens for a reason. Frequently I hear people put that along with, it's all God's plan. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Regardless of your religious or not religious persuasion, that super pisses me off. Yeah. It's just one of those kind of like, because you're also, on one hand, you're saying that it's all out of your control, but when you, you have it with the person that's very toxic, you know, the toxic positivity, they also have that attitude that everything you do, you have to do with a positive mindset. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, on one hand, you're saying this is all in our control, and it is all how we perceive and right. handle things. But on the other hand, you're saying, well, fuck it. There's nothing you can do. This is all someone else's thing. It's contradictory. Thank you. That's a good word. And if if someone who is religious takes comfort in their own hard times by saying, you know what, this is part of God's plan, I have no problem with that whatsoever. And if you know that someone else shares the same beliefs as you and reminding of that is going to be helpful to them, fantastic. But unless you know that that person finds comfort in that statement, it may not be the best thing to say. And there are times with like the whole everything happens for a reason. Sometimes that almost kind of blames like let's face it, these are the consequences of your choices or your actions. There, there's a, you did this to yourself, right? There's a hint there, depending on the context. That's almost like well, the, everything happens for a reason. And here's the subtext: the reason is you made a terrible decision, and that's why this is happening to you because you don't think positive, right? You're a piece <laughs> of shit. Good luck, right? And and even with positive thinking there's only so much help that that can give you and there are certain things that cannot be cured by positive thought like sometimes you need medication or (laughs) i was gonna say yeah a lot of this i think very diverges into or even you know completely meshes with our attitude as a society toward mental health stuff yes and i've had multiple people my grandmother pops in there quite a bit as one of those multiple people you're just not trying hard enough. Yes. Like, why are you sad? You need to find things that bring you joy. Yes. And I specifically remember having a conversation with her one time and her saying, what brings you joy? And I looked straight at her and said, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, And she still came up with things to yeah. suggest, but it's like, you know, yeah. yeah that might that's, bring there's you a lot joy. Of, yeah, there's a lot of shaming and victim blaming, like you said yeah. before, to, you know, well, maybe you're sad because you're just not trying hard enough. Certainly, it can't possibly be a chemical imbalance. Or, or something terrible happened yeah. to you. That's like saying, you know, to someone, you know, they always do those comparisons between would you say these things to somebody with diabetes or had cancer. That's right. like saying, like, well, maybe you wouldn't have breast cancer if you just tried a little harder. Like, that's not... There was actually something I read on Reddit a while ago where there was a guy who had posted about a situation where his... Uh, younger sibling had died from cancer and the person who had posted was an atheist and he had an uncle who was incredibly religious and at the viewing or the memorial service the uncle actually told this boy that the reason that his younger sibling died was because the boy was an atheist Mm. and it was punishment from God uh, so and that that's a, how people have fist fights <laughs> at funerals. Well, that's actually, that's the context that it was in. Because it was like, am I the asshole for getting into a fight with my uncle at my sibling's memorial service? And I was looking at that, and I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah. No, you're not the asshole because that was really fucking shitty. Now, that's obviously an extreme version of that. But when you have had something horrible happen to you... You're going to feel bad about it. And I understand. That's normal. You worry about the people who don't have a reaction or don't have what would be considered the standard reaction. Yeah, there was. um, So there's another one that says that uh, another quote. I'll put all my sources on the thing. But anyway, um, one of the things that they were talking about was that kind of in light of what you were saying, too, is uh, positivity, positivity culture implies that even if your problem is largely outside of your control, the underlying message seems to be if you'd on, if only you'd think positively, eat right, follow this program, you wouldn't feel sad and sick. Grief is normal and necessary and depression and mental illness cannot be cured by positive thinking and lifestyle changes alone. Yeah. And especially when you're talking about like a major loss, like let's talk about grief, the loss of a loved one. Yeah. 
uh, even things like the phrase time heals all wounds can feel very dismissive because yeah. there are some wounds that will not actually right. heal. The loss of someone you care about, you're always going to miss them. And also, especially if it's something that's just happened recently, yeah. when you're in the middle of that and it's just happened, the idea that five or ten years are going to go by at that time feels impossible. Right. Like, literally, at that point, you're in a thing where another hour seems horrifying or another yeah. day. So thinking, oh, well, when I get five years down the road, I'll feel different. Or when I get 10 or 15. But like, you can't. But that, And when you're in that moment, like when I went through a breakup when I was high school, and granted, I was also a teenager, so you've got, like, all of that hormonal shit yeah. going on, too. Yeah, the idea that I knew in theory that at some day... At some point, I would feel better. Didn't change the fact that in that moment, I was fucking miserable and it felt unbearable. And even the idea, even if you believe in an afterlife and you lose a loved one, and the the idea that someday you may be reunited with them, or even the idea, like, let's say, if they were someone who was in pain, the idea that they're no longer in pain might provide you with some comfort. Their suffering is over, and that can sometimes be a relief. doesn't change the fact that you can still miss that person. And you're always going to miss them. You're never going to not miss them. It might become more bearable. You can learn to live with the pain. But to imply that it's just going to go away if you wait long enough is just... It's not true. And to tell someone that, you're you're fucking lying. <laughs> That's what you're doing. My mom talks about that every once in a while. Her dad has been dead almost 50 years. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while she'd be like, there are days where it feels like it just happened yesterday. She was like, you never get over that. She goes, you know, it's been 50 years and she still gets vaguely choked up and upset yeah. about it. Things like that don't go away. Yes, you can react differently. It maybe doesn't make you, you know, crumple into a ball of hysterics but it doesn't change the fact that it's still upsetting it's still emotional right you can function but that doesn't change the fact that you're you are still that part has like stamped your soul you know yeah and that was from um just to give credit where credit is due that was from um a article called the difference between genuine optimism and toxic positivity and why it matters because we are not arguing that you shouldn't be optimistic because there is usefulness in optimism optimism can be good it's just when it crosses that line that's when it becomes bad because there is what is interesting about this in terms of positivity it has been linked and this is from that same article to lower levels of stress stronger immunity better cardiovascular health increased feelings of physical and emotional well-being and even a longer lifespan Cultivating positive feelings like joy, hope, and inspiration also build good mental health habits, such as attention, resilience, and optimism, which buffer potential negative effects of stressful times. So yes, positive thinking is good. Optimism is good. It's when it crosses that line. Um, What she says is it uh, strips someone away of the validation they deserve and leaves them feeling guilty. Guilty for contributing to their problems, for not being strong enough to get better by themselves. And so it's really problematic when you're supposed to be comforting someone and you're saying something that's actually making them feel like they're at fault for the way that they feel and that they should just be working harder at not feeling bad. I feel like it kind of goes along when we've talked about before. I'm, I'm sure we've talked about it in the podcast. The difference between being nice and being kind. Yeah. It's that same kind of thing. You know, there's a difference between having a general optimistic outlook or, you know, trying to have an optimistic outlook yeah. versus constantly shoveling it down people's throats and even your own. Yes. Because that's very much that's turned into one of those, you know, kind of buzzword type things along with self-care self-care and all that stuff you know if you just do this constant 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 make it a habit yeah and again i don't think it's necessarily bad to encourage yourself to see a bright side to things when you can and like you know yeah maybe this is a step back but it's okay you know that's fine but yeah when it's just literally there is nothing else you can only be positive it is not an option to have another emotion right that's insane and it's it's impossible yeah and i also understand the idea i feel like those are the people that you find wandering around parking lots like with the shopping cart like twitching and like petting a baby doll like eventually your brain just kind of goes okay well we've been ignoring all this shit that's going horribly wrong because we're positive all the time and now we're just gonna fucking snap yeah and that could very well happen or when something really serious i think people who are like that 
are sometimes people who haven't had anything really awful happen. And so when it does, they don't know what to do. Um, I do understand that there is certain benefit to training your brain. Like if you have intrusive thoughts, like intrusive negative thoughts, that dwelling on those is actually not a good idea. Um, So that's not to say... Yes, emotion, you know, you have to feel your emotions. If, if you're having thoughts, though, that, again, with rumination or that you know are harmful to you, especially when some intrusive thoughts can be, like, crazy or they're, they're, and they're not rooted in reality at all. So, yes, those are the types of things that you should not try to dwell on or ignore those. Right. Because, those are the bad ones. Right, because you know, again, no grounding in reality and they're just dangerous and you can train yourself to, to not dwell on those so yes, there. I do not mean to imply that you should uh, reject positivity. Positivity is good. Optimism Only be negative. Is negative is the best way yeah. to be. <laughs> um, and I understand the difficulty in knowing what to say to people who are feeling bad, which is why, honestly, my standard response is usually, I'm sorry. And some people are confused by that. And you mentioned before we have a tendency to apologize. I have to tell people, they're like, when I say that, a lot of times people say, well, that's not your fault. And I have to say, I'm not... I'm not I'm not apologizing. No, I'm not I'm not accepting responsibility. I'm expressing sympathy. I'm sorry this is happening yeah. to you. I am. Like I'm genuinely saddened that this is what you're dealing with. I'm sorry that this is happening. And there was a list of things that you can say to people to help them feel better. Some suggestions about that. I, I think I have it on here. Oh, yeah. So there's a list of things that you can do for others when you're trying to provide optimistic support. Don't advise people or give them tips. Like, don't tell them how to fix their problem unless they're actually asking yeah, you for suggestions. Yeah, because a lot of people and a lot of people aren't asking for advice. They don't want tips. Some people are, and right. some people will even tell you. Like, if you say something and you try not to do it, they'll be like, "Well, what would you do?" And yes. Like, fuck. What would I do? Yes. But yeah, some people just need to vent mm-hmm. and get it out. Yes, and that's when you should genuinely listen to what they have to say. So yeah. just. Don't try to solve their problems. Right. Don't try to come up with things to say that's going to fix it. Just listen. And you can ask them if they want help or how you can help instead of coming up with solutions. But basically, you just need to make it clear that you're there for them, that that you support them, and that you know what they feel is totally understandable in the situation that they're in instead yeah. of being dismissive about it. I, for a long time, was very much with people. I would just say, I'm sorry, and pretty much leave it at that. Or I would give advice and tips because the worst thing I could think to do was to say, like, let me know if you need anything. Because I was like, oh, my God, what if they need anything? And then they get a hold of me. Like, Uh, that fucking horrified me because that was not... I did. I did not want to be. I did not want anybody to be like, "Oh yeah, I need this." And to be take like, you. Oh God! Don't actually take me up on right. that offer. And very much like the last few years, I've gotten to a place where I'm all about saying, "You know, I'm sorry. Let me know if there's anything I can do." And I mean that because sometimes it's something as simple as, and in a lot of situations, there is nothing you can do. And I mean. It's obvious. And in those, that's when you listen. Yeah. But, listen. you know, and that's always where, like, you know, if you are if you need someone to talk to, feel free to get a hold of yeah. me. If you need something as simple as me to come over and, you know, sit with your two-year-old so you can go scream in your backyard. <laughs> like, yeah. you know. And the other thing that I try to do is, is when um, someone's talking to me, and a lot of times I don't have any advice or tips to give anyway because a lot of times the problems that people are dealing with are things that I've never dealt with or things that I know you just got to get through like there's nothing anyone can do to fix it so I'm not a big advice giver to be honest unless specifically asked for it so what I also try to do is if someone's telling me about something I try to like respond back to them like yeah I can see how that would be really frustrating or I can't imagine how you could manage with that particular yeah. situation. Man, right. I don't know what I would do either. Yeah. Like, legitimately, I don't know what I would right. do either. This fucking sucks. Yeah, or I would feel like that would drive me crazy, or that would make me angry too, or, yeah. oh my God, yes, that would make me really nervous. Like, to help them understand that, like, yeah, what you're feeling, totally understand it. And in fact, I would feel the same exact way. Like, what you're feeling isn't wrong. It totally makes sense for this situation. Yeah. There are times when I, when someone's maybe talking about something where I'm like, oh, like, why are you still doing this? Like, I can yeah. get frustrated because I'm like, you, you keep pounding your head into this wall when, look, just down there, there's a door and you could walk through it. Right. 
but I really have to resist the urge to be like, just walk through the fucking door, right? Like, like, oh my God, it's so obvious. (laughs) Well, and I even, I've, you know, have friends, and I said something about it earlier, about, you know, just because you have a, you know, if you have a feeling, and yeah, maybe the person in the situation with you, or hell, people on the outside are watching it, like, it's rational as fuck. Yeah. You're being ridiculous. I I mean, even when I have situations like that with friends, and I'm like, yeah, this is kind of ridiculous. Obviously, don't say that because a that's a dickish response. <laughs> but b I usually say something to the effect of, and I'll even say it. So especially if it's a situation where somebody's talking about something with the spouse or something, and I'll say, I can see where they're reacting and they're telling you, you know, that they think you're being ridiculous or something, and it's fine if they don't agree mm-hmm. with how you're feeling. But they still can't invalidate. Like, I make a very yes. big deal about that. Just because someone doesn't agree with what you're saying, or they think what you're saying, or more accurately in this situation, feeling is ridiculous, that's still how you feel. And right. yeah, and you even, when you're, you know, between sane you and irrational you, may be able to see that difference too. But it doesn't change the fact that your emotions are your emotions, and your initial reactions to things are valid and matter. And... Yeah, I try to, you know, with friends and people that have situations, be like, don't let anybody tell you that, you know, whether whether you think you're rational or not, or whether they think you are, it doesn't change the fact that you have this legitimate emotion and feeling. Yeah, and again, you really, you can't, for the most part, I don't think control how you feel. No, because... I have, I mean, I think most people do. I have reactions to things all the time. And if I'm doing super well that day, you know, I have it. And like 20 minutes later, I'm like, dude, there's, you're freaking out about nothing. Yeah. If I have not a great day, two or three days later, I may realize like, dude, that's fucking insane. Yeah. But yeah, it's, you know, it's also what you immediately react. It's that fight or flight thing we've talked about a million times. That may not be the right quote unquote reaction. Yeah. But it's what your body does. It's what your brain does. It's how you immediately, you know, to something. And it's what you do with it that counts. Right. And in this situation recently where I was dealing with a variety of stressors from outside sources that I had no control over, which are the ones that I deal with the worst. Like, if I, if it's something that I can change, I'm like, all right, I'm going to fucking get on this and I'm going to fix this because I, this is driving me crazy and I need to just take care of it. So I tend to be very proactive and stuff like that because I want to stop feeling bad, so I'm going to try to fix whatever's making me feel bad. When it's stuff that you have no control over. And the only way to fix it is to kill the people that (laughs) cause the problem. Or, I mean, like, I can't speed up time or I can't... I can't snap my fingers. And yeah, make... you just have to sit there and wait right. to figure out how it's going to come out on the other end. And right. hopefully, excuse me, it comes out the way you want it to. But... Right. But also at the same time, they're dealing with something that they don't even have control over. And it's just spilling over. So I'm like, well, I just got to sit here and kind of watch what happens. But my flight and fight response was heightened because I was stressed. And I was feeling like... The, like Things were happening. It was almost felt like we were being attacked. And, and I was really angry at first because I was talking to Steve. I'm like, well, you and I, I especially, because I have worked very hard. He tends to be a more stable person, has had a more stable life than I have. Not to imply he hasn't had his ups and downs because, yes, he absolutely has had really shitty times too. Right. But he tends to lean personally more towards evenness and stability than I do. And that's something I've had to work for, not just in my life, but in me personally. And I felt like I'd gotten to a really good space. And even though things are always going to happen and they're going to be stressful, I felt like we'd gotten to a point where we at least were strong enough to handle it. And so when this stuff was coming in, there were a couple times we were like sniping at each other. And we don't typically do that. You know, we try to have this partnership and this us against the world. So when things were kind of coming in and making us go at each other, I was like, I was so angry because I felt like... Well, and that's like your one, like, you can rely on this. You know, we have this bond. We have this stability. And so, yeah, when outside forces kind of shake that foundation, it makes you more mad because not only is the situation frustrating by itself, but it's also attacking... It's fucking with my life. Yeah, it's attacking that foundation and that stability that you have and have built. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, you have... This is mine. Yeah. You go away. You... You want to create chaos, you go create yeah, chaos. Fuck up your own shit. Don't, Don't mind. you bring your fucking chaos yeah. to me or or your anger or whatever it is that you have that yeah. is rocking my boat. And I and I was so fucking pissed off. And then I realized that the thing is creating a stable 
life doesn't mean bad things don't happen. It just means you're in a better position to deal with them. And so when I took a step back and I was looking at what was going on, I'm like, this actually isn't that big of a deal. It feels like it in the moment because I was a lot of like sort of anger and stuff was happening and, and I was having to... Uh, handle that not yeah. not just my own but like other people's anger and it was kind of being laid on my doorstep and some of it was fully justified and some of it wasn't oh. and it was like you you need to handle your shit and stop making it my shit your problem not my goal. right not my monkey not my circus the right. problem was they it was my fucking circus. It's like and it vaguely was, related to my circus. It was my monkey near my, my tent. Circus. Right. So I, I was like, well, I, I can't really be that dismissive of it. So, uh, but the, the realization that these things are still going to happen. And some of this stuff I know is going to continue to be an op problem. And some of the stuff is probably going to get worse before it gets better. Or it's going to get worse until it's done. Okay, until it's not better. So um, either way, instead of being pissed off that this stuff was fucking up my saying the sanctity of my peaceful home, which in retrospect is pretty selfish. Although when people are making their own problems, it's not like stuff was being dumped on them. But I had to kind of pull myself back and be like, you need to quit being so selfish and you need to have a little bit more compassion and you need to recognize that this is temporary and you should be really grateful that you're in a position to deal with this. And everything happens for a reason. <laughs> I do advocate, I do strongly advocate, as I've said before, the idea of gratitude and perception and helping yeah. me maintain my sanity and a sense of optimism. And so once I pulled back and I really looked at it and was like, okay, so this stuff, I'm, I really am, they're not, I'm not making mountains out of molehills. They're not exactly molehills, but they're, they're like bigger, but they're still not fucking mountains. Yeah. They're also temporary, and I'm in a much better place to handle this emotionally, financially, whatever. So I need to stop spiraling out of control because, as I mentioned, my my flight or fight response yeah. was so heightened, I started getting super paranoid for a little while. Like, I started seeing, like, every little situation that cropped up, all of a sudden I started, like, following, like, okay, so that happened, but what if this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens, and I just... Oh, my God. And, and you catastrophize. Yes. Catastrophize. You know, yeah, you know the word I mean. Yes. That's what I was doing. I was like, yeah. every every little thing that happened, all I could do was look at it and see the potential for disaster. That's all they could do. And it was insane. And I remember talking to Steve at one point about something and going off about like this paranoid fantasy I had about something turning out in a really ridiculous way. And I remember he's just kind of sitting there listening. And I'm like, I know I sound crazy. I'm like, I'm aware. <laughs> I can't stop. I know this is fucking insane. And I was like, but this is what I mean. I'm like, I've gotten into this like heightened state of paranoia where I am looking for the next explosion. I'm right. looking for the, you waiting for the other shoe to drop. Well, yeah, because it's like, especially when you have, you know, like one thing after another, even if they are all minor-ish. Yeah. You know, as they go, it's like, okay, well, like, I've had five things in like five weeks go wrong. And it's yeah. just kind of like, well, this happened and then that happened. And I wouldn't have guessed that was going to happen. So obviously the next step is this. Yeah. yeah. It's hard not to whip yourself up and be like, obviously everything is going to go wrong. I do. I try to do a good job and it's not probably not the best for my mental health, but I do try to do a lot of threat assessment. And there have been many, many times where I've looked at a situation and I've said, huh, I think this is, I can see where this is going and this is what's going to happen. And it does. And I'm like, God damn it. I knew it. And by doing that, though, I'm not taken by surprise, and I'm better right. prepared to handle it. My friend Amber and me used to refer to that as, we would always say, I'm not paranoid, I'm just perceptive. Yeah, and, and that was our thing of being, you know, like, when we would get whipped up about, like, guys that we were interested in, or, like, certain situations, we'd be talking about it, and, like, we would have talked about something, like, two or three weeks mm -hmm. before, and then the thing that we discussed happened. Me and her, this turned into like our little chant. Like, I'm not paranoid, I'm just perceptive. Because it was like every single time something would happen. And, and like, even like one of us would tell the other one, like, oh, that's not going to happen. Right. You're or someone silly. else would be like, you know, like, you guys are being ridiculous. That's not a thing. And then it would happen. We'd be like, see? I fucking told you. <laughs> We're not paranoid. 
paranoid. We're and then, just perceptive. And sometimes, I'm not going to lie, there's a bit of satisfaction at going, see, I, I, yeah. I knew ha, it. Told you so. Ha, ha. Like, see, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm tired of always being right. And Damn it. That can be frustrating. I had a situation at work last year where I was supposed to be doing something with another coworker, and I don't know him very well, but I was picking up on some, like, kinky vibes. I'm like... He doesn't want to do this. He's being rude. He's being avoidant. And he kept being avoidant. And I had said something to another coworker I'm really close with. I'm like, something's going on here. I don't think he wants to work with me on this thing. And my friend was like, no, I don't think that's the case. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you that's the case. The next fucking day I got to work and this guy sits down. He's like, so I've actually talked to so-and-so and and I'm going to be working on this thing with someone else because blah, 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 blah. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And I went back and I told my friend, I'm like, I fucking told you. And the thing is... The friend I had spoken to was the one that this guy wanted to work with. And I'm like, why didn't you I tell me? I, to- I was like, like I-, I literally <laughs> told you this is what was going to happen. And, and then literally, and now he tells me he's working with you. And I'm like, I just told you yesterday. And he goes, he goes, I didn't know at the time. He just did this. He's like, I told him to let me talk to you first. And he didn't. And he, he felt so <laughs> bad. But I was like, I knew I wasn't being paranoid. I knew that dude was acting yeah. weird. And I was right. And that's why I was like. And so those are the situations where I'm picking up on stuff and I'm like, something's off here. Which makes it hard in the future when you do have those feelings and you can't figure out if it's you being paranoid and like building things up in your head or Uh if it's like that previous situation where you're like, well, remember that other time that this thing was happening and it turned out you were right? Yes. And it's like if you're a person that has even remotely questionable anxiety or depression or anything... That's why that shit just right. keeps whipping up because it's like, well, I was right that one fucking time. Right. How do I know I'm not right this? And I mean, I feel like more often than not, because I'm not a super paranoid person, I'm just perceptive. Like, uh-huh. yeah. But, um, so I don't get. Makes you feel better when you say it that way. Yeah. And you're like, I do like it. Yeah, but it's I, nice. I'm not a type of person who thinks everybody's out to get near, that people are conspiring. So usually when I'm like, something weird's going on, it is. And so when I have a good track history of doing that, it's really hard when that like little red flag gets raised for me not to want to pick it up and follow it and see if there's more red flags. But this most recent situation where I was talking to Steve, even I knew that it wasn't even a red flag. Like it was maybe like a pale pink (laughs) and that I was, really really just like a light light yeah like maybe dirt like slightly off white with a hint of rose I don't know and so when he was kind of looking at me with this like I think she's kind of going off the rails I was like I know I am I know that I have my mind see that look in your face and I know what you're thinking and I'm right all right I'm perceptive Um, so there are actually some benefits to negative thought. Then again, I'm not saying that we should always have negative thought, but I think you and I have just demonstrated that sometimes when you are nervous or when you are thinking something's up, it's for a reason. And it can, if you see it coming, it can protect you. So being a little paranoid sometimes is helpful. Can that threat assessment can prevent real pain. Well, not, maybe not the pain, but at least not being taken by surprise. Yeah. I'm going to say some, you know, anticipation. Yeah. You can prepare for it a little better. So there's um, a, a writer named Lola Lolita from a website called Sandwiches and Psych Meds. And I think I actually want to go back and read more from this. I think it might be a blog um, because I just love the name. And you and I will talk about sandwiches. And, sandwiches. Instead of sandwiches. But um, she said some things that I thought were really cool. Uh, so her take on the, the toxic positivity was um, the push to think positively in order to magically influence a happier state of mind may have dire consequences. Researchers discovered that people who engage in the opposite in leaning into their negative emotions and states of mind fare far better than those who pretend everything is okay. When people acknowledge and address negative emotions toward their relationships or chronic illnesses, it helps them adjust their behavior and have more appropriate responses. And there were some studies in the early 2000s that showed that when people think others expect them to not feel negative emotions, they actually feel more negative emotions. Um, forcing people to use positive statements such as, I'm a lovable person, can make some feel more insecure. <laughs> was, that, was that Stuart Smalley? Yeah. Good enough and capable enough and gosh, gosh darn it, people, people like me. me. 
visualizing a successful outcome under certain conditions can make people less likely to achieve it, maybe because they just assume it's, it's going to work so they don't have to work for it. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing, too, is this idea like, oh, everything's going to be fine. It takes the responsibility off of you to actually work toward the solution. Yeah. So this thing will just work out. So yeah. I'm cool. Right. You you know what, like that, honestly, to say like, well, it's in God's hands. Well, then that absolves you of any responsibility at work, but God also helps those who help themselves. So you're still expected to be right. an active participant. There's a lot of in hypocrisy <laughs> in the stuff God does. Uh, or in the way people interpret it, at the very least. That sounds better than what I said. But <laughs> the, you still have, yeah, there are certain things like with chronic pain, it's not your fault. So you don't yeah. want to victim blame people, but you also, in situations where the person does have control, you want them to help be a part of the solution, you know? And so yeah. I don't know if there's any per- anything we can say to someone we're trying to support to get them motivated to, like, be, to help change their lives. I'm not, what I'm trying to say is it's not just absolving them of any responsibility altogether is also not helpful. Yeah. Um, but there's ways that are helpful for us to respond, like we mentioned before, in ways that aren't. But this is what I thought was really interesting. People in a negative mood produce better quality and more persuasive arguments than people in a positive mood, which I guess means why I'm really good at arguing. <laughs> well, actually, no, I'm just, uh, I have to do a lot of argument of writing or teach argument of sure, writing. Sure, just blame it on your work. Okay. No, uh, but I find that, like, if I feel really passionately about something, and but I'm, like, angry by it, I, I write much clearer arguments or I make clearer, stronger arguments yeah. than if I'm not emotionally attached to it at all. Which makes sense. Uh, negative moods can also improve memory. So you would think that I'd be able to remember things much better. Which I actually find amusing because in the last few years where, like, I've gotten, like, my mood has last few years let's be honest the last year uh-huh. where my mood has been better like i feel like my memory like especially seeing this yesterday my short-term memory has gotten awful maybe that's fucking why maybe i need to be in a <laughs> shittier mood sorry Fuck. Good. but also positive thinking become, can become a way of avoiding necessary action which is what we were just talking yeah. about like we were like oh everything's gonna work out i don't have to do anything i just have to give it up to the universe yeah. and the universe will take care of me the universe doesn't give a shit about you right. like <laughs> if you have it's not how the universe no. works there's a fuck ton of people in the universe yes. and you are not like you're not special, special. <laughs> you're not the dalai lama you're not the pope even then they got to take care of their own shit i'm sorry right. but at the end of the day, there's definitely things people don't have control over, and we should not shame them for not fixing right. them. But if we want to make things better for ourselves, just believing it's all going to work out is not actually going to yeah. motivate you to make it work out. Let's, I didn't know what that reminded me. We mentioned earlier we were talking about um, your daughter is getting ready to go away to college. Mm-hmm. And when I was in middle school and high school and all of that stuff because I was in, you know, one of the gifted programs at school oh, and I was look so, at you. I was so <laughs> smart and anything I could do and that was a big thing that was, you know, that was kind of put into our heads is we could do anything we wanted. Yeah. But you can't <laughs> Which to some degree is true. But that flip side of that was never really pushed to me, which was you still have to put in work. Yeah, you still have to Hence work for why it. when I got out of high school and got into college, I'd never really had to put work in, in yeah. my schoolwork because I was smart enough to pull that shit off in high school, yeah. but not the level of smart to pull that shit off in college. Yeah. So I very much had that thing of, you know, well, everything will be, you know, anything I want to do is going to work out. Because I can do anything. But I never got the whole, like, you have to take steps toward doing that. Yes. And that applies to, you know, the emotional situation, too. You you know, you can make this thing happen. You can do this thing. You can fix this thing. But not by just status quo. Right. That's not... And it is... Change doesn't generally happen without putting in steps towards change. Yes. It doesn't... As they were talking, like, the whole magical... Posit- like, it, no. Yeah. Magical solutions don't appear. You still have to put in the work. And, and even, I even struggle with the, you can be anything or you can do anything. You can't, actually. Yeah, I'm going to say, I, like, I get that when we tell that to little... <laughs> that works when you tell, like... Yes. Little, five and six yes, and seven-year-olds. Yes. Don't t- 
tell 14 and 15 year olds that because hopefully at that point they're smarter to figure out like oh that's not entirely true right I mean there were things that I wish that I could have done but in reality that I just wasn't cut out for them you know so there's there are limitations sometimes they're physical limitations sometimes they're mental limitations let's be honest in this world some of them are socioeconomic like yes oh absolutely absolutely you know it's who you know right how much money you have yeah so to, to wrap all this up from the same um, website I was just talking about before, sandwiches and psych meds, the bottom line, and this is going to kind of tie in what we, you first mentioned before about balance, is that life is often equal parts positive and negative. We stop being afraid of doing anything other than presenting our only best and often fake selves. We should normalize negativity along with positivity rather than stigmatize it. Life is all about balance. It has its positive and its negatives. And when we start accepting this for ourselves and those around us, perhaps we'll be one step closer to finding the peace we're all chasing. Because finding peace doesn't just mean that you're always happy and nothing bad ever happens. Finding peace is having the confidence and the stability to deal with the things that come your way and know that you will survive it. Prepare to deal with life's adversities. Yes. So while other people's lives adversities. While you may feel hashtag blessed and be all about the (laughs) and believe that, you know, everything happens for a reason and it all works out. I'm gonna keep yelling that because that is literally like the poster for toxic positive. Yes, it's and it's it's great to have that mindset at certain times, but it's also perfectly acceptable to have negative emotions and they are also necessary sometimes. So balance. Yin and yang. Yes. Light side, dark side. Or the gray, you know, you can just hang out in the gray. (laughs) Who doesn't like that? Thanks for listening, and remember, it's not a competition. We are all fucked up. Yes, in all sorts of ways, good and bad. Yay. <laughs> Positive and negative. <laughs> we are not scientists, medical professionals, or mental health experts. We are simply two people interested in discussing a topic that affects everyone, either directly or indirectly. We are not expressing expert opinions, and anything we say should not replace medical advice or treatment. If you're struggling with depression or anxiety, especially if you are thinking of harming yourself or someone else, please seek the help of a mental health or medical professional. The number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. You can also chat with them online. Take care. My Asshole Brain was written and hosted by Amanda Green and Stephanie Coons. Artwork by Doug Tolles, produced by Stephen Beasley, and presented by Greasley Enterprises. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.